Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Now, a few moments ago, I caught up with the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly. I began by asking him uh, about the COVID inquiry, the pending uh, COVID inquiry, and where we're at with that inquiry. The Taoiseach will be bringing a memo to government, I think quite shortly, uh, and he's going to lay out the terms of reference of the review. Uh, my understanding is parts of it will be in public. Uh, certainly people like myself, the Taoiseach, Cornish, the and others have been answering questions in public on this uh, for, for, for a long period of time. And, and I would imagine that there will be a public element. So we, we really just need to wait and see now uh, the final uh, proposal from the Taoiseach. OK, so you imagine that you'll be going in as health minister. Uh, you, you expect to be doing so in a public setting. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, look, I imagine some of us will be uh, will be in public. Yes, we we have to wait and see the final um, the final proposal that the the Taoiseach, uh, brings forward. But you, you, I would imagine yes that for people like myself and other other figures who are centrally involved in the the national response, um, I imagine there will be a public element. I think as well, Shane, it will go more broadly than the health service. Obviously. The health service was was core to this, and we all know our healthcare workers uh, did a, did a did an incredible job in health. We've already done two reviews. We've done a, a review of the nursing homes, and we've put a lot of new measures in place to protect people in, in nursing homes. And we've done a broader uh, review as well, and we've t- we're taking a lot of steps in terms of uh, surveillance, epidemiology. Uh, and other measures as well. So my understanding is this review, of course, it will look at health, but my understanding is it will it will look at a broader government and societal response to COVID. Sure. The, the final thing I would say, Shane, just is that there's a new OECD report out just in the last few weeks. And, and what it shows is that Ireland's excess mortality rate over a three-year period right through COVID and beyond it is the fourth lowest in the OECD. And I think the Irish people deserve great credit for that because what we saw in Ireland, it was a national response. Yes, there was a government response, but the, the entire Oireachtas broadly worked together. I think the media took a very responsible line on this. We know at a community level that, you know, the GAA teams went and provided people with meals and so forth. And I think this very low excess mortality rate relative to other countries is a, is a, is a very strong reflection of Ireland coming together as a nation in response to COVID. I, I, I think the, okay. the nation did very well. Would it be tricky to find people to, to, to sit on this inquiry who are independent, who haven't expressed views during the COVID uh, pandemic? Would that be difficult, do you think? Well, I, I think uh, certainly a lot of people expressed views. Uh, <laughs> we, we did. <laughs> we did. A, lot, a lot of people did, right? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, may, maybe we go abroad or maybe we look to, we look to people here who... Um, you know, who we would all respect. Okay. But certainly okay. in terms of names, I, I, I haven't seen any suggestions for who might, uh, who might be involved in it. Okay, uh, we're into January uh, and yet again, it's kind of Groundhog Day. Uh, we are seeing uh, big delays, people accessing hospital. We're seeing large numbers on, on trolleys. I know there's a dispute between the HSE and the INMO about the, the trolley numbers and we've dealt with that uh, before on the show. But will we ever get out of this January Groundhog Day, do you think? Well, what I want to do is I want to really acknowledge what our healthcare workers have managed to achieve over the Christmas and the New Year period, but also through last year. Um, we, we all know that last year, following uh, the New Year bank holiday, there was a big surge and there were, there were an awful lot of people on trolleys. It wasn't a good position at all. 
this uh, winter is the first winter where we're we're using an all year approach. So rather than having a, a winter plan each year, we've moved to an annual urgent and emergency care uh, approach, really focusing on patient flow, discharge options, and trying to support those hospitals uh, under the most pressure. Because yeah. what we know is, and, the, and a HICWA inspector said this re- recently, more and more hospitals are doing well. Uh, and there's a, there's a number, there's probably, probably seven of the most under pressure hospitals account for about half the trolleys. But yeah, why, like why, why, them, why do some hospitals have no people on trolleys? And then other hospitals, and we know who those, what those, who those hospitals are, have have a serious problem. Is that just bad management? It's a combination of uh, required capacity beds and workforce and community beds and other discharge options, required capacity, and reform. So take uh, Limerick, take UHL, which we know has been under an awful lot of pressure for years. When I met them, when I was appointed, they very rightly put a challenge back to me and said, we need more beds, we need more staff, we need more budgets, um, we need more non-ED options. And so we're doing that. We've put 130 more beds into the group. Uh, we've increased the staff in the hospital by over a 1,000. There's nearly 200 new beds being built. But if you look at the weekend discharge rate, and for me, this is a very good measure of the hospitals that are running seven days a week on behalf of patients, Limerick has the second lowest weekend discharge rate of any hospital in the country. And so it's a good example of, yes, we need more resource, and that resource is important and it's beginning to work, uh, but we also have to have good practice in all the hospitals. But Shane, if I could just on behalf of every nurse and doctor and health and social care professional who worked so hard over the Christmas period, in terms of the number of patients on trolleys, this week there are 60% less than this week last year. Over the Christmas week, there were 80% less patients on trolleys than the same period last, uh, uh, last year. And if we look at the second half of 2023, which is really when we moved to this uh, new approach, there were 15,000 less men, women and children on trolleys than there were in the same period in 2022. Okay. And if we look at one of the things that we, we spend a lot of focus on, which is those who are over 75 on a trolley for over 24 hours, we had a nearly 40% reduction in that number. So not for a moment am I suggesting that this is fixed. Not for a moment. Uh, I'm acutely aware that there's too many patients on okay, trolleys but around you're the country. There are but critically, thanks to the huge efforts of our healthcare workers, we're now moving in the right direction. But one final issue before we get to community diagnostic scheme. Uh, an inquiry ha- has been set up into the, the tragic death of 16-year-old Aoife Johnson, uh, who of course died after waiting for treatment uh, in a hospital for 12 hours at, at the University Hospital Limerick uh, in December uh, 12 months ago. Her family has criticised the HSE for not consulting them on the parameters of the inquiry into her death. Should they have been consulted? Well, first, can I just offer my deepest con- condolences again to, to her family, to Eva's family, uh, on losing their daughter. It was December 2022, and it is just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, the family was engaged with, uh, as they absolutely should be, on the initial review that was done, and they were provided with that. Um, and we've seen various extracts from that. This second investigation... Uh, my advice from the HSC is that the family or the family solicitors uh, were sent the terms of reference. However, they were not consulted on the terms of reference. And I can understand, and everyone listening this morning can understand, that you would always want to include the family in those terms of reference. 
the reason they weren't asked to input to them in this case is because the HSC has advice that in order to have a process where there can be accountability at the end of the process. Now, that's something the HSC is regularly criticized for not achieving. And in fact, in opposition, it was yeah. something I criticized the HSC for. The advice they got was, was in order to have a process where there can be accountability, if there needs to be accountability, uh, that no one uh, gets to input into the terms of reference. None of the healthcare workers, none of the hospital okay. management, and, and not the family. So on a human level, it is not what you would want. On a human level, of course, you would always want the family to be able to input. Um, but that's the reason the HSE took the course of action. Okay. Uh, Minister, tell us about the huge increase in the use of GP access to community diagnostic scheme. Actually, just tell us what it, a lot of people won't know what the community diagnostic scheme is. That's right. So we're three years into operation now, and I still talk to people who don't uh, know about it. Uh, up until we launched the scheme in 2021, as everyone would be aware, if your doctor referred you for an MRI or an X-ray or a CT scan or a DEXA scan, people really had two choices. They could pay for it themselves, in which case they'd get it relatively quickly. It could cost three, four, five, six hundred euro. Or they could go on an outpatient list for a hospital. They could wait a long time, see a consultant. The consultant then refers them for a radiology. It could take an awful long time. Um, we've been pushing and pushing for more supports for GPs and for less costs for patients. So three years ago, we launched a scheme whereby GPs, when they refer their patient for a scan, CT, MRI, X-ray, etc., um, it's free for the patient. And it's provided uh, generally in the community, uh, generally by a private provider. And so what it, what it means is that most people now are getting their scans just within a few weeks. They're not having to pay three, four or five hundred euro. Um, the GPs are reporting that about half the patients that they send for the scans now don't have to go in for a hospital referral, which is fantastic. Okay. They're reporting that about nine in ten patients get a better outcome uh, because of this. And what we're seeing is hundreds of thousands of scans. So over the last three years, there's been about 700,000 uh, radiology scans. It's part of a, a move to care in the community and, and obviously lower costs for patients. And you're announcing increases to that today? So today in the budget, what we have is 48 million euro for it. We started off in 2021 and 22 with 25 million and then we've gone up. Uh, it, last year, and we're going up modest increase again this year, but we're going up to about uh, 48, 49 million euro. Yeah, so it's it's working well. It's one of those things that a lot of people don't know about. It's been kind of quietly, quietly progressing in the background, but okay. certainly the GPs and their patients are reporting that it's going very well. And it was just nice to to mark three years of that scheme. That was the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, uh, talking to me just before the eight o'clock uh, news. Kira, uh, that actually is, as a doctor, you can test why that actually is a good scheme that does work well. It's a really good scheme. It does cut waiting lists because it used to be the case that GPs had to, even though they knew you needed a test, they had to send you to a hospital doctor to get the talk, that hospital doctor to order the test. Total waste of resources. Uh, this is this is progress. Breakfast business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.